Welcome to our podcast. Here you'll find the latest ministry from our church. We hope it blesses you and gives you a fresh perspective. Amen. Thy kingdom come. How are you doing? Are you praying the Lord's Prayer? And how is it? I've been blessed by the reaction of, of people and the responses are saying it's come alive to me. And, and, and I'm thinking, great. This time last week, I left us hopefully up here. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. And when you pray that prayer, you go from where you are to up there. And so this week, I want us to have a look at thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want to start from the last part first, as it is in heaven. Right now, this very minute, there is a place far above the sky and the sun and the moon, far above the kingdom where the rulers of the earth and the ruler of the air, rather, is at work and powers of darkness. Above that, we know, is another place there could be one higher still, but Paul talks about a third heaven. A place where communication is made. You can read it in 2 Corinthians 12. That no pain is there. There is no darkness. There is no sin. There is nothing there other than the great presence of God and his angels. And those that have gone to be with the Lord will be sleeping there. Who knows? Much thought is about that, where there is a resting place. I know there's heaven is right now. There is a kingdom. So I don't know all the ins and outs of that. And I tell you, it's all by revelation. When Paul was taken up there, he didn't know whether it was by a dream or by a vision. And he heard things that were unspeakable. But there is a kingdom of God where you and I go when we become a Christian. We are raised up there and we have direct access to the presence of God because of Jesus. A kingdom, physical kingdom. And one day that physical, that kingdom will be a physical kingdom on earth. When Jesus returns, Jesus is coming back, friends. And don't sit there and say, no, he's not. They said that he would never come the first time, and he did. Exactly as it was prophesied, and again, and Jesus is coming back. And when we say, thy kingdom come, one day, for a period of time, God's kingdom will be on earth, and Isaiah 9 will come to pass completely in a physical way, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will reign. Amen. 
And the Bible says, 2 Peter 3.12, that we can hasten. That amazes me. We can hasten the day. We can speed it up. We long for it. That was amazes me. So when we say, thy kingdom come, many people, when they pray, they don't realize that their prayers are for something that is absolutely real and reality can happen. But when we pray thy kingdom come, it can also be in a, in a very way that is universal but specific. I know that might sound a bit, you know, confusing. But you see, when I say it's a personal prayer, so when I say thy kingdom come, Lord, I can also mean wherever I am, what I'm doing today, where I am, Lord, may your kingdom principles be where I am. So if I'm in a classroom, Lord, thy kingdom come. Let your kingdom principles, let your presence of your kingdom be here in my classroom. So when the children come in, they feel different to the glory of God when I used to teach. The children used to come in. They say, we love being here, Mrs. In Mrs. This, Mrs. Tart, in this room. And you, know, you say, we feel safe. It's lovely. It's welcoming. And, and that wasn't me. That was because the presence of Jesus was there. And in your kingdom, in your office, you can say, Lord, my kingdom come. Lord, this day, this day, Lord, do something real. And, you know, we can say, Lord, thy kingdom come in England, Lord. And you might say, Lord, they're in Parliament, Father. And you might say these prayers, no, they're, they're way out there. No, they are not, friends. Isaiah 54 verse 2, it is an incredible, encouraging prayer of faith. How big is your faith? Isaiah said, sing, barren woman, burst, burst into song. Though it seems impossible, burst into song. Thy kingdom come, Lord, in my situation. Though it looks impossible, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch the tent curtains. Don't hold back, says Isaiah. Lengthen the cord. Strengthen your stakes. Spread out to the right and to the left. Because where you are, God's influence is great. So you can be in a family situation and you say, oh, Lan, you don't know how hard it is. And you pray, thy kingdom come, Lord, in my home, fill this place. Let your principles reign, Lord. Let your principles reign. Let your presence fill this place. I was listening to, uh, this week been a really inspiring week, and I was listening to someone in, in an area in Mansfield, and they took a big circle and they began to put in all the things in the area that they wanted to see done. They started with a little food bank. They hadn't got storage. They hadn't got this and they hadn't got that. My sister Lynn said to me in the week, we sat there and she said, you know, Lan, your basket is full. You're concerned about this, and but the basket is full, Lan. 
And, and as we sat and we, we had a lovely time together and I'd listened to this testimony, I said, do you know when this man had put this diagram in this circle and all the things they wanted to be done? And they said, we will start with what we've got. And now the food bank, they have a warehouse, friends, with staff. And, and it was just, I just sat there and I thought, wow, God. So when you pray, thy kingdom come, do not limit God. There in Mansfield, thousands of people are being reached for Jesus Christ. And then, if you notice, I'm just going, shrinking it down. Thy kingdom come in my life. See, the kingdom of God is where God reigns. You can't enter the kingdom of God except being born again. See, when people talk about, yeah, and they pray that prayer, you can pray the prayer, but you've got to know the Father. And you can't know the Father unless you've been born into the family. So when you understand now that the kingdom come and this prayer becomes personal, first of all, you've already part of the kingdom. Then when you're part of the kingdom, then Jesus says this, that I will give you knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Right there in Matthew 13, 11. And in that chapter, God has got some incredible teachings about being a child of the kingdom. That when you discover that God upon the cross has given his life for you, and that Jesus has taken your sin, Jesus said, it is like a man that's been searching for the truth all his life, and he's been searching, looking for treasure. And then one day he finds it very near here. Incredible treasures were found, weren't they? Worth a fortune. And it reminded me of this. He was he got a little metal detector and he's looking for treasure. It's like a man searching for the truth. And a mankind will always search for the truth because he's got a spirit. Part of the triune God, body, soul and spirit. And he's searching for the truth and he finds the treasure. And what he does, he sells everything to buy the field. I love that. He buys the field so he's got the treasure. And what I see in this is that, you know, to know God in a real way, he's got to own the field. See, there are some Christians who say, yeah, Lord. Please forgive my sin. But he's not Lord of their life. He's not got dominion in their life. He's not king of their life. And, and because the kingdom principles are not applying. You see, everything that you want from God, God says, look, here's a kingdom pr principle. We've seen it this morning. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. Now, we can be a Christian and we can strive for stuff at the cost of our Christian life. Well, I'll do that, but I really have got to do this. In, ah, ah, that's not kingdom teaching. 
God says, no, look, put me first. What I want you to, I to put me first. And all these things, now this is the principle of the kingdom. I'll add. If, you're n if you do it the other way and you strive, he said, if you hold on to your life you, and the things of this life, you'll lose them. So you can think, oh, well, I've got lots of money in my account. In my account. It has to be his account because you'll find your account will go down. God's account, he adds. If you seek first the kingdom of God, I cannot overstate the goodness of God upon my life. I cannot. God has given me dreams of things I've longed for. And you know, they're just add-ons. They're just add-ons. Because all they do, they just make me realise, Lord, is there, any, is there a limit to your goodness? The answer's no, Lan. <laughs> no. From a water feature to a dream of things that God keeps going for me in a miraculous way to petrol in a car. So these are principles, and it's like a man that's been seeking for pearls, and then he finds the pearl that's worth, and he's uh, the best pearl, Jesus says, and he sells everything to have the pearl. And when you know Jesus, and you say, Lord, I make you king of my life, Lord, my career is upside down, but I give it to you, God. Then all the other things, God says, great, put me first, because I've got your plan and your life mapped. But the more you struggle, you're pulling the map out my hand. And I want to unravel it, but you won't let me. Oh, the principles is that in Matthew 13, incredible principles of when you say, Lord, thy kingdom come in my life, is that the kingdom of God will grow in his own way. It's just like yeast, he said. Beautiful parables of the kingdom in Matthew 13. It's like yeast in a dough, in dough. Always fascinates me when you watch bread and it just rises and it fills. And there's a beautiful word and I've loved this word since I learned it in science as a kid. Permeate. Permeate. It gets into every part. I had to laugh at how we spelled pursue on there. So I've, I've read that weeks and weeks and never turned to change it. But this word is permeate. It goes into every orifice of a person's life. And God says, that's how I want my kingdom principles my life my presence everything i want it to filter in your marriage every single bit bring it all to me bring it all to me even the bringing up of your children bring it up to bring them all to me bring in everything every little women fancy bring let me and let me grow you in the kingdom let me show you that my, I, I love every single square inch of you. Wow. A kingdom child. And it's like a little tiny mustard seed. The kingdom of God. The truth of the kingdom of God. And, and I tell you, there are many, many lessons out of this chapter. I'm just touching the surface per, on a personal basis. So it comes out and the tree grows. 
from that little mustard seed, the tiniest seed of all I believe. And yet it has a fantastic foliage and the birds come. Wouldn't that be a tremendous picture of your life? Where the people love to be in your presence. Oh, I love to be with that person. She, she inspires me. I, and, I, you know, I love being with my friend. I said this week, I can, I, I, she inspires me. I, I, I could just walk through the town with her and I watch her and, and, she, and this friend of mine, she inspires me. And, you know, who inspires? And I tell you, this is somebody who's full of God. This person's describing him is, is a life that's full of God. Oh, they're still a bit wrong, but, you know, there's something oozing out. Wouldn't it be lovely if that? God just wants to grow you. You'll be perfect because you'll see Jesus in that person. I know this person is perfect, but I see so much of Jesus there. But there's another truth of the kingdom of God is that not everyone is part of the kingdom of God. And there are, there are verses in chapter 13 that many skip over. Because Jesus talks about separation and growth. The kingdom of God will grow. The kingdom of God universally will grow. Nothing will stop it. God will build his church. Nothing will stop it. Nothing. Does it matter if you've got incredible persecution? In fact, it grows more when in persecution. In China now, the church is bulging. In parts of the Eastern world, the church, of the underground church, is bulging. And that incredible testimony of the other week of how, you know, in a mosque, how this picture and this vision of Christ upon the cross was there for three days. After being there and the imam found salvation and realised that Jesus had died for him. And I sat with the, the person whose best friend is now teaching hundreds and hundreds of people who came into that mosque and they saw this vision of Christ. Wow, this is God. This is God. The kingdom of God grows. And people suddenly thought, I didn't know Jesus loved me this much. It was, I just saw him as a prophet, but he's the saviour of the world. Lives have been changed because the kingdom of God grows, but there is a separation. Just like the wheat grows in the field and the weeds grow, called tares, one day there will be a separation. Just like a separation of the fish in the net, you'll find all this in Matthew 13 if you've got your Bibles, there will be a separation. The kingdom of God is real and tangible. And people will say, but I did this in your name. I did this in your name. But unless you know the Father intimately, you're not part 
of the kingdom. So there is a reality check in this teaching. But then well, you've got to apply the principles of the kingdom. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. If you really want to know God in such a phenomenal way, you've got to apply it. You've got to apply it. You've got to say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Do you know what Matthew 7, 21 says? Only he who does the will of my Father will enter the kingdom of God. The will is a, is a funny thing. <clears throat> it's a powerful thing. God is sovereign. And this always amazes me. God can and will grow his kingdom. But he will not force you. He will not force you. He longs to have a people who are willing to say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. No one put the fruit in Eve's hand. She took it. No one put the fruit in Adam's mouth. He took it. He ate it. No one put Bathsheba into David's room. He sent for her. She came. You might say, oh, but it was a tempter. Oh, but it was a tempter. That's why in the prayer later on, lead me not into temptation. But what comes first, friends? The will. If you don't want to read your Bible, you won't. It ain't going to walk into your hand. If God hasn't spoken to you, say, oh God, and maybe you haven't listened. Because you've never wanted to. Because actually, you don't want to. That will is strong. And that will is crucial. When you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I tell you what's happening. You are releasing now like your life and you're saying, Lord, I want you to reign in me. I want your will to be my will. A few nights ago, I got woken up in the night and God said to me, Man, I want you to read about Jonah. So I got my cup of tea and I started to look at Jonah. And, uh, and, and I want to show you things about Jonah. And there's only four chapters in Jonah. It's worth a good read. The kids love the story of, of Jonah. But, you know, it's a tremendous story about Will. This man loved God. I want you to go there. So Joseph said no. And he went in the opposite direction. I really want you to do that. No, I'm too busy. I don't really want to go. For Jonah, no, I don't like it, Lord. For Jonah, I don't agree with it. 
Nineveh is an awful place. They deserve to be punished. I ain't going to go and rescue them. I'm not going to go and preach the gospel to them. I'm not going to tell them that you're a God of love. I'm not going. I don't agree with it. I'm not going. And he went in the opposite direction. He went in the... That's will, friends. That's will. When he went his own way, others suffered. You know, if you love God and you've committed your life to God, and I might rephrase that if you love God, but you, you, you really feel you love God, but you do your own way in an area. And I've often said your life's a big house, and sometimes we keep God out of certain rooms. You're okay, but you're not having me finance. <laughs> you're okay, but you're not having me Tuesday night. All right, but, oh, well, I need a break. Ah, Lord, I, I love this prayer. I'll give you the day, God. We're going to see that. The next time I speak, Lord, I, I just will you look after this day and tell me what I've got to do today? Will you take my plans and my structure? But no, Jonah said, no, I'm going. And others suffered. The sailors suffered. And in the finish, we know that a big fish came. doesn't say, well, God says fish. Do you know what? He didn't need to be swallowed. He chose that. God actually rescued him, put him into a big fish. I love the grace of God. I heard a fantastic message on Jonah, even when he was vomited out. You know, the vomit. What's in vomit? It's in Chanel perfume. I never knew that. How about that? Even, God's, even when God deals with us, it's, it's laden. That's grace of God, isn't it? But he's in. But, you know, even at the end of chapter four of Jonah, God's still having a problem with him. The land of Nineveh, or the city of Nineveh, is rescued. And he still has a problem with the will. Because he doesn't agree. Because God is so gracious and so loving. And he, he doesn't match what Jonah feels like. Can I say this? The state of our will reflects the condition of our heart. The state of our will reflects the condition of our heart. If we love Jesus, and like you may be just growing as a Christian, let that mustard seed grow, let the kingdom of God grow, and you love him, he has more of your will. If so, I don't care, I don't care, God will break that will by his love. Because I'm going to close. Last Sunday evening, we, we went a little walk in an olive grove. I'd never seen it before. I'd only ever known it, met it at Easter in called the Garden of Gethsemane. I didn't realise this beautiful, beautiful olive grove on the, on the side of a mountain was a place where Jesus and the disciples frequently went. And as I was in prayer, I was, and I just looked at beautiful pictures of it, and it was a place of abundance of olives. Even olive presses were there. So the smell and the fragrance. And we went there last Sunday night. And we went there on a dark night. It's always worse in darkness. That's why I love that song we sang this morning. It's greater than the darkness. And in Mark 14, 33, we have a description of Jesus that is horrendous. The words do not give it justice. He's, this is God, deeply distressed. 
deeply troubled and his soul, his soul is overwhelmed with so much sorrow to the point of death that the perspiration are as, is sweating are as drops of blood because right there and then he is aware he knows he is going to go to the cross but right there he is about to have that journey and he's taking the guilt I love what Billy Graham talks about taking the guilt of sin he takes the guilt even though a, 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 you know a paedophile a murderer might not even realize their guilt he still takes the guilt of their sin he takes the guilt of an unrighteous Man, you and I, we may not have murdered, we may not have killed, but I tell you, we were out of step with God. We'd fallen short of the mark, and he takes the guilt of your sin and my sin. We do not and can't imagine what that's like. I know when I feel guilty, I can't, it, it's pretty rough, but imagine the whole of that and just the stress of that, and his soul is overwhelmed, and he is there in that beautiful olive grove. And he prays the prayer, Abba, Father. Take this cup from me, this cup of suffering, if it's possible, because everything's possible to you. And I see here the Son of Man confronting the will problem. And then he says, Yet not my will, but thine be done. Why did he go to the cross? Because he loved. The state of your will reflects the condition of your heart. As you pray that prayer this week, our Father, Abba Father, the same prayer that Jesus prayed, who art in heaven, Holy is your name, you're magnificent God, you're omnipotent, you're a mighty God. I'm coming to you this morning, I'm shattered Lord, I feel weak, I've had a bad night, whatever. Lord, I'm coming to you, I don't feel well. Whatever your situation, you come and you pray that prayer. Holy is your name Lord, you're the great healer, the great provider. Lord, I'm coming to you this today. Lord, you, let your kingdom come in my life this day. Where I am, let the people see Jesus. Let they feel you, God. And Lord, your will be done today. <laughs> Whatever I do, Lord, you know what I've got. I often lay my diary in front of God and I say, Lord, you know all the commitments, God. But Lord, have your way this day. Take it, God. Let your will be done. You will find when you pray that prayer, you will need resources. And next time, that's where we will look. May the Lord bless you on our journey through the Lord. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website, www.newlifepentecostal.church. We do hope you'll listen again.